if you're used to punk rock and then you go to craft rock, you're like blown away. It was amazing. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast. Hey, everyone. We just wanted to send out a special thanks to Four Eyes, who's come on as a recent sponsor of the show. And Four Eyes has been kind enough to provide a discount on the factory install power meters. So you can check out the uh, the show notes actually to find the link for the discount code, which will get you 20% off a factory install power meter. And you might be asking yourself, why would I want a power meter when I can't actually race right now? And one possible answer to that, of course, is the conversation we're about to have, which is part two of our Aerotune series. And this one's with Bjorn Kafka, who will talk to us about metabolic testing that unlike, uh, you know, a gas exchange module that you may have used in a lab or a lactate analyzer uses your power meter. So in, uh, in a case of metabolic testing, not only do you absolutely need a power meter, but you also need that power meter to be accurate. Because if you uh, don't have an accurate power meter, you're not going to get very accurate, in this case, metabolic results. It's the old garbage in, garbage out adage. And uh, yeah, having used the 4i product, I can uh, I can vouch for its accuracy. It uh, it matches the other sources that I that I use quite frequently, like my trusty, indestructible, you know, probably 2000, I don't know, five CompuTrainer uh, matches that quite well. So I'm very happy to welcome Bjorn to the show. Thank you very much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. I'm honored to be here. It, it took us a while. I think about <laughs> nearly three years. <laughs> so, yes, that's right. I think so, we first met in 2018 at Eurobike. Yes, yes. And we always like, ah, oh, Bjorn, do you have time? And then I had some things to do. And it's always my fault, to be honest. But this time, yeah, we managed. But I'm very this happy. is good because... It's, it's allowed you to develop your yes. your software yeah. and your, your science more. Yes. So potentially we have more more tangible things to talk about. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I think we've got a pretty good interview coming up. I hope so. Uh, so let's kick things off, folks, with um, with an introduction of uh, your history in, uh, in the, specifically in the science of uh, metabolic testing and analysis for endurance sport, uh, how you got to where you are and uh, how you got to be working with uh, Sebastian, who listeners you heard last week uh, of Aerotune. Yeah, basically, um, I'm a cyclist, so starting in the 90s, so and um, uh, it was a time when Jan Ulrich and all these guys were quite big and they they were uh, quite near my place. So they were cycling in Hamburg. So you have all these great machines and all this East German training mythology was coming to West Germany. <laughs> so you had like, it was quite interesting uh, because so you have all the signs and you were talking to these um, coaches. So uh, this was actually the first thing, but actually... Um, this is far be, be behind uh, the things I'm, I'm, I'm doing today. So um, I was cycling, um, doing racing, stuff like that. Also start training people, mm-hmm. but I didn't study sports science. Actually, I was thinking about doing that, but it was uh, the time about 2000, 2001 and 9-11 came. So and uh, I decided to study Islamic studies, Islamic studies and Scandinavian studies. So I learned a, a lot hmm. of... Cr- 
complicated languages, especially the Islamic stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but um, I was still cycling a lot, also doing a lot of races. And uh, at the point when I um, finished my studies, I was like, okay, what to do now? Huh? And um, so uh, you can work at the um, German CIA, so to say, uh, being <laughs> yep. somewhere in the Middle East and working there. And uh, or you became a journalist, or you become a journalist. So I, I turned. I, I worked as a journalist, and so in the place where I lived in Hamburg, it's quite good for that because there are a lot of big news magazines. So I worked there, and I actually didn't do much about news and Islamic uh, study uh, or Islam and stuff like that. But actually, I did a lot of crazy stories. So, so <laughs> and I also did Tour de France uh, things for big magazines. So I was still in cycling, and um, uh-huh. so. Uh, a few months after I started working freelance, I got a call from a magazine called Bike Magazine. That's actually the, the biggest mountain bike magazine in Europe. Okay. And they asked me, okay, Björn, do you want to become an editor? I said, oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's very well paid, <laughs> very good job. And they said, okay, you have to lead the um, health and fitness section in our magazine. I said, oh, great. I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty into that because um, I'm also doing my studies in Islamic studies. Um, I I just joined into some of the sports science uh, 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 lectures. So only to get mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And um, so I worked there for uh, six years. And the cool thing about this job, you get a lot of um, um, contact to coaches and uh seeing things and um, um, I worked with a friend of mine uh, on some books so we wrote some books and he actually was the first guy who introduced me to the concept of um, these kind of metabolic testing uh, VO2 max and VLO max and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, he was developing the strengths training for a world tour professional for a world tour team uh, it's called um, I think it was HTC Columbia so and was like 2000 seven, eight, something like that. So, and then I, this is, was the first time I was introduced to the system. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Huh? So I, I read a lot about that. So, but I still was at the bike magazine and working there. And um, so after six years it, at the bike magazine, it actually become a little bit bored. Uh, so I was like, ah, oh, you know, every time you're doing the same stories because yeah, a magazine, yeah, sure. 12 issues a, a year, you're always doing the same stuff. Uh, and the wheel is not invented so uh, every year in a new <laughs> way. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, so and th- then there was a, a friend of mine who's, uh, who was uh, riding in this um, development team, um, junior development team, a very successful team. So out of this team, there were coming guys like uh, Niels Pollard, who's now riding at Bora, Leonard Kemner also at Bora. So pretty successful team. And I coached him and he was also very successful. And um, he said, you know, there's this guy in Cologne and he's actually, he's pretty interesting. You should talk to him because you're also doing similar things. Maybe it's worth the story. I said, yeah, why not? Hmm. So we, we just talked and there was kind of chemistry and we thought, yeah, maybe we can do some things together. So we did some little things together. And after a few months, we saw, oh, maybe this is a little bit more. So we decided to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to build a little company in a garage. And that became very successful. Um, actually, a little bit too successful because we are like, a little bit nerdy and doing all the science and math and uh, are not very good in business things. So uh, no marketing, 
no business plan, no like bookkeeping things. <laughs> it was like it totally. <laughs> but anyway, it was fun. And we it was successful. It was very successful. Yeah? World tool, stuff like that. So what was the nature of this company, Bjorn? What, what did you guys do yeah, specifically? Actually, we, we, we did uh, this metabolic testing. Okay. Uh, but we did it indoor. Like uh, we had a Cyclist 2 um, ergometer and an EKF uh, thing for taking the lactate. He was doing all the calculations. He's very good in that. And so I was always like, okay, yeah, it's your thing. You just do it. Yeah? So I actually, I, don't, I didn't have a clue during that time. It was like 2012, something like that. So I didn't have a clue how it actually calculated. I said it's yours, but what I learned is how to use uh, uh, these values, a high VO2 max and a, a, a high VLO, uh, VLA max and stuff like that. So actually, this is mm-hmm. this is actually one of my most or my biggest concerns. We have these values, but people don't know what to do with it. But we come to that a little bit later. So um, yes, I was. Uh, we're yes. definitely gonna we're definitely gonna ask you to <laughs> yes, interrogate yes, them yes. a little bit more. Yes. So anyway, uh, we had this company and it was like. Kind of exploding, and I said, "Okay, um, I have to step back. I have two children, and it's like I have really—it's too much." And he said, oh, "Okay." So I sold my shares, and I took a year off. Mm-hmm. And um, I, a year after that, uh, one of my old employees said, "Okay, we want to build a new uh, company with like very structured and stuff like that." I said, "Okay," um, and uh, I can help. And they said, "Okay, you have to lead the training." And mm-hmm. so I did that. <laughs> And uh, helping there and um, developing things, but it, it, it there was something nagging in me. I was always like, okay, I I have to 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 uh, to, to really understand this calculation. So I was going into the calculations of uh, Vila Max and Vio Two Max and how it's actually done. And so I was looking at the stuff from Mado and um, uh, some other uh, work. There's also some PhD work about that. So I did the calculations, and then um, the nice thing is, we, because we had a lab, I saw okay, maybe there are some kind, of, there are some things that are not really working like that. So I developed own algorithms, uh, and um, it worked quite well. Um, it's a shame that the company didn't want that. Um, so anyway, so I was doing it by myself, okay. actually, in after after work and. Uh, uh, also in holidays, I just said, okay, I do it by myself. And so at one point I said, maybe it's cool to do it outdoor because hmm. the people don't have the time always come to lab. Right. So I developed a test outdoor. That's actually, it's not too easy to do. Huh? So, and I was like developing a test system and uh, you have to do some recalculations and taking for example, if you want to measure the VO2 max, you have to substrate the phosphate and you, you need to know what to do and you have to look at the cadence and all these kind of things. So I developed algorithms for that. Okay. And um, then at a certain point, when the people came to the lab test, I did a test before that. And I saw, okay, hey, these numbers match very, very good. Hmm. So, and I said, okay, cool, we have something here. And... Um, um, the company wants to do or is said, okay, yeah, this is quite nice, but we want to develop more in, in, into the health section. Okay, I said, okay, well, it's fine for me. During that time, um, I already worked with a lot of uh, yeah, very good writers. 
world champions. And I'm, I'm going to interject for a second, just to give, uh, again, to give our listeners a little bit of context. So typically, the kind of results that you're you're looking to get outdoors through your through the use of these algorithms that you develop, typically these, um, these tests would be performed in a lab with fairly specialized equipment, correct? So this yes. is the yes. kind of, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> kind of illustrate the value of what, of what it is that you develop. Um, you were able yes. to take yes. something that heretofore was done in a laboratory setting with very yes. expensive equipment and uh, some specific skill sets of the, the te- lab technicians, and you were yes. able to uh, recreate it outside with what I assume is just a power meter and maybe a heart rate monitor and a cadence sensor? Yes. Yeah, cool. That's very cool. It. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. now, uh, you always have to imagine that actually if you have like a power meter and a heart rate or a, a cadence sensor, it's actually it's like a lab on the road constantly. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Super. Yeah. And it's your own it's your own bike that makes sometimes a huge difference, especially yes. in efficiency and stuff like that. So and um, um, at a certain point, I did all the calculations in a, in an Excel sheet, and it became like a monster. <laughs> the the only person in the world. Uh, I I first showed it to, I showed it once to Sebastian. He's like, well, hey, you actually don't be afraid of if someone's stealing that because no one understands it. It's too complicated. <laughs> so and uh, so at a certain point, it was it's, it's you're doing a lot of quotes into that and how did I do that and uh, so but actually it becomes a big mess. So I, I thought, okay, what to do now? And uh, Sebastian and uh, I also met him uh, also in, at the Eurobike when we met. Mm-hmm. We also met Sebastian and I, and uh, we were just talking a little bit, and we saw, okay, there's some also some chemistry. And uh, he said, you have to program that. And I was like, yeah, yes, I don't have the money for a programmer. So now he said, just do it by yourself. I'm like, uh, okay, how? A program, it's not so difficult. I said, yeah, well, why, why not? So I bought me like five books about Python and uh, start coding. And um, yeah, so I built, I'm not good, uh, to be honest, but I built the basic algorithms. And so, and... When I stopped working at the old company and I just said, okay, I, I will close doors and program like hell <laughs> and see where it ends. And then I talked to Sebastian and he said, hey, Björn, why not combining all these cool things? I said, yeah, okay, we can do that. And he said, you know, I already have these things, you know, to integrate or upload data and we can... Uh, build numeric algorithms to like detect the the maximas and do like calculations and like cool thing, so uh-huh. you don't have it to do by hand. So then we developed a system that runs totally automatic. Yeah, that's the story. So listeners, the Sebastian that Bjorn is talking about is of course uh, the gentleman we had on the on the show last week, as I mentioned. Um, and if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. We had an awesome talk about aerodynamics. And if aero is not your jam, then at least know that uh, Sebastian developed this platform called Aerotune that uh, Bjorn is now a part of and is helping integrate that uh, the metabolic components. So if you're a runner or a cyclist who's not super concerned about aerodynamics, although if you're riding a bike, you should be concerned about aero uh, and are just interested in the in the metabolic part. This is what we're going to we're going to cover today. So Bjorn, that's a that's a really cool story. What I love about it is that, uh, you know, how you how much passion is in the, the folks that we interview, Andrew, like uh, the, the people, you know, take their own time to develop to develop these new systems and new algorithms. Um, kind of, you know, it's, it is very much a, a basement industry for so many people. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's super interesting when I hear these stories about uh, people who can't program, for example, and I'm one of those people. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so I I would play around with things like uh, using an Arduino, learning how to do very very basic programming, and then my good friend Art Hare, who's a phenomenal programmer, uh, he would come and look at my code and say, "This is garbage," <laughs> but it gets the job done. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's neat to have that first stab at things where where you can do it yourself, you can play around with it, understand what needs to be done, and then once it develops into something a little bit bigger, then you know someone who actually knows what they're they're doing can come in and uh, well fix your mistakes and and help guide you. And I suspect that uh, that's a lot of what Sebastian did as well, where you were able to accomplish the basics, and then yeah. Sebastian his input was what kind of brought it over the line yeah. and made it into a product that could be commercialized yeah. and something that could actually deliver value to people. So, by way of introduction, that's that's terrific. So let's at this point dive right into the the meat uh, of this conversation, and let's start with defining the terms, right? So you've heard Bjorn talk about VO two max, and most of you listeners probably are quite familiar with that term, or perhaps you think you're familiar with that term because uh, I've I've even very recently just learned a whole new bunch of information about uh, about what VO two max and how it affects performance. Uh, but the other term he uses VLA max, which is something um, maybe you've heard of and maybe you haven't. So I'm going to ask Bjorn to talk about those two terms um, and uh, what they really mean and what their impact on endurance performance is, please. Yes. So um, I did a little test to explain it to my son, to my big son. Perfect. Who's nine That's years a perfect old. level level of complexity so. <laughs> we want right now. <laughs> explain it to me like I'm nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, first, first I start with like the terms and how they are defined and stuff like that. So um, first, everyone knows the VO2 max. Yeah? So everyone knows about it. So the bigger, the better. So this is actually your horsepower. Yeah? So um, a VO2 max is you have the V, this is actually the volume, and the maximum oxygen uptake per minute. Mm -hmm. yeah? So you describe that in milliliters. So and uh, the, what kind of parts are into that VO2 max? Yeah? So you have the heart, the heart rate, a minute volume. You have the lungs taking up the oxygen. You have the bloodstream taking to the muscle, and the muscle is taking. So this is the VO2 max. And when you do, when you work specific with athletes, you have to find where's actually the weak link. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of the times we, it it become can become very very important uh, if you work with high level athletes. Yeah, VO2 max. I don't know, 78, 80. Yeah. And um, you see in some numbers, okay, this is quite, there's something not right. For example, the VO2 uptake uh, uh, milliliter per watt is very low, um, like 9.5 liters. Yeah? So um, uh, this is, uh, he's mm -hmm. very efficient mm -hmm. in one way, but it's actually a little bit too efficient. So you're doing something like measurement. So, and uh, I have one athlete in mind who has like a problem with his arteria in his leg. So at utter, under, uh, uh, some amount of power, he didn't have the right blood flow mm. into his muscles. And so this is why his efficiency was dropping. So you always have to find the weak link. And you always have like a quick fix. For example, if you want to boost your VO2 max, uh, especially the heart rate uh, minute volume, you just do like two, three weeks hardcore <laughs> training. <laughs> it <laughs> it, it does respond very quickly of to course. certain types of training, yeah. yes. Yes, yes. So, but always... The long-term goal is developing the the, the muscular system uh, to have the, the a very high uptake. So this is always this is actually like the, 
the, the, the big basic uh, idea of endurance training, developing a very good muscle to, for oxygen uptake. Hmm. Yeah? So this is, a, this is actually VO2 max. Yeah? So uh, um, the oxygen uptake, the higher, the better. Yeah? And um, there are some cases you have to be careful with that. Because the higher the better, it doesn't mean like if you have like uh, like yes. Oscar Swenson, this Norwegian yeah, the, the famous the famous case kid. of the yeah. insanely high VO two max listeners. Yeah, if you haven't read the story, yeah, it's, so an awesome, like, it's a very interesting story. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it. Uh, Alex Hutchinson did, did it. Uh, a nice story in Outside Magazine. So, and if you look at the study, it was it's quite nice. So uh, they the he had like ninety six point seven VO two max. This <laughs> yeah. crazy high. <laughs> I mean, like if it's like eighty six, you're like. Yeah. crazy high yeah? so you will ride world tour and win great races so in his case and i actually i never saw that before his efficiency got worse mm-hmm. yeah so um he was taking to produce one watt um he needed more oxygen than before yeah? so i don't know which numbers so but uh, usually you use something like 12 milliliters or 11.7 or whatever. Yeah? Uh, but he was, in, 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 in long term, if you look at, at his test, he was getting worse. So that's what they say. So um, um, this is quite interesting. And um, if you do a test with a mask and taking the oxygen uptake and you start like pedaling very high and moving around, your VO2 max will raise a <laughs> yeah. little bit. Yeah? So you can trick it a little bit. Yeah. So because uh, you're using more muscles to generate the power, yeah. So your 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 yes. peripheral side is your peripheral demand is higher. Yes. So yeah. So we did some studies with that actually, with like different kind of bike positions, and we saw okay, this also have like a, a, a huh. influence. Yeah. So like sometimes they have seventy two, and sometimes they have seventy six. Are they better? Hmm. Hmm. No, not really. And uh, so um, I I always wonder why. Aren't we talking about what's per kilo at VO two max? That's that's a really good point. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, just the the efficiency of the the metabolic system there. Yeah. So you you may have more energy available, but you're using more energy to yes. generate that power. Yeah. So I I, I always have like uh, the uh, VO two max uh, the what's per kilo at VO two max. If you do that at threshold, why not doing it at VO two max? Yeah. Of course, this is only a, a, a one part of the picture. If we do like a test in the lab, we're using this kind of power. So, and uh, we have this, these kind of VO2 max, or we do an outdoor test at, I don't know, four and a half minutes, mm-hmm. five minutes, whatever. And then we have like a VO2 max. So this is a watts per kilo. Yeah. But if we do like a long ride and doing a lot, a lot of up and down and hard efforts and riding threshold, of course, the VO2 max is uh, uh, also quite high. Yeah? It's not always like, if you think about wattage and power output, we always think like, okay, if I do 300 watts, I use 80 milliliters of, or, or, or I don't know, 50 milliliters of oxygen per body weight. But actually, this is not always true. If we do like a hard mm-hmm. effort before, we use a little bit more That's oxygen right. after yeah. that. Yeah. So <laughs> we always have to keep that in mind. So um, I I use or in my to to have like kind of a perspective. I look at what power output did these guys produce also produce at VO2 mm-hmm. max because sometimes you have like 80 and you think he's a machine, but he isn't actually, he's very inefficient. And you also detect um, if, if he was in a lab and the lab did a bad job, sometimes labs do that. 
and so they actually didn't measure it. They just calculate that. And you see like, oh, he comes, yeah, I have one, why did he come to me? Look, I have 85. And I was like, no, you, <laughs> it's impossible. Otherwise, you you wouldn't ride yeah. where you ride. Yeah? So this is not your level. Uh, this is uh, this comes back to one of my favorite things to say on the show. I, I am sounding like a broken record now, but uh, all of these, so many of these things are, you know, are tools or are metrics that, you know, may be useful in predicting performance and have their limitations. And it's like we had when we had uh, uh, Bruce Rogers on the show recently talking about how useless the Garmin metrics are oh, right. in estimating <laughs> VO2 max. And yes. I mean, there you have a problem of like, it's an estimate. And then what does it tell you about your race performance? Not not anything at all. And uh, yeah, so it, it, kind of hanging your hat on these on these numbers or like even on FTP, like what does it that even mean? You know, what is, how is it useful to you in racing? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a pitfall that, that's best avoided listeners. If you, you know, knowing your VO2 max is useful, if it helps you at the end of the day, go faster in your race. And uh, if it doesn't, then, then it's not yes. useful. Same thing that we talked to um, Sebastian last week, where, you know, getting, getting a lower CDA or, or fewer arrow points in AeroTune speak, if, if it doesn't help you go faster or, you know, get you a lower time, then, then what's the point? It doesn't do anything for you. Yes. It's it's kind of a vanity number, the way I look at it, where it's something to brag about, but it's not really something that, uh, well, it, it's something that may or may not help you. And yeah, aerodynamics is a great, great example of that because you could crouch yourself into a <laughs> super aerodynamic little position, but have one third of your FTP available yes. because it, you just don't have the metabolic efficiency at that uh, that position. So it's really about the overall performance level you're achieving rather than the numbers that 100%. you're using to get there. Okay, so let's talk about VLA Max next, Bjorn. What is that? What's that all about? So yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's 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 also a flux rate. Uh, so it's it's a uh, it's a flux rate, a lactate um, per second. Okay. Uh, so and it's 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 it, you can measure it in in a lab, and you can also calculate that. Um, there are some nice tests to do that, and um, the cool thing is, um, it actually. When we have lactate, it's like a glucose breakdown, and it mm -hmm. tells you uh, about your carb usage, how much carbs are you using. So it's tells you a little bit about your efficiency of your of your motor or your uh, of your engine, yes. so to say. And uh, <clears throat> the lower, the less carb you use. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. So, but is, is low always good? No, it's not. So, and now I come to my son. So, if you look at performance, you always have like these two systems. The VO2 max and the VLA max. Of course, you have like a third system, but yes. we're not talking yeah. about the, the, the phosphate. Stuff not like not very so, relevant to we, endurance, to the kind yeah. of endurance sports that <laughs> thought, we do. I thought, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So I, I thought, because I was riding with my son on a tandem, and on a tandem, and I, I, I explained him, okay, imagine there are two guys on a tandem. The one guy in the front is a VO2 max. And the second guy is a VLA max. Oh, this is cool. And they, they are just like combined forces. So, and, uh, and then I told him, okay, imagine the guy in the front is Bradley Wiggins, huge engine. And the guy at the back is Usain Bolt. <laughs> yeah? And they are riding up a mountain. And there's like 3%. Yeah? So it's not very steep. And they do a sprint. And they just full throttle super super fast but then Usain Bolt is getting very exhausted <laughs> so and Bradley Wiggins has to carry him up the mountain 
So actually, his this Usain Bolt, Vila Max, very high Vila Max guy, becomes a, a burden. So you have to carry <laughs> him up. And of course, uh, uh, Usain Bolt is pretty hungry all the time. <laughs> He's taking all the bars out of his pockets. So, and this is how it works. So, and you can you, you can change these guys. Yeah, taking someone for just skip uh, 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 the sprinter guy, just putting a little child instead yeah. who weights i don't know yeah. 30 kilos and can't sprint so that's your low vo2 uh, vila max yeah so it's no problem to carry that guy <laughs> up the mountain and he hardly needs food <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you're pretty efficient but you're a very bad sprinter so and then you can mix it up uh, and so this was the explanation i gave to my nine old uh, nine year old son and he was like okay now i got it because talking about <laughs> talking about like glycolytic system and stuff like this quite hard for the people to get yeah this is the best explanation i've ever heard the best way to 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 explain it i love it yeah. it's it's this is going to be our uh listeners this is going to be totally our instagram takeout <laughs> for for this uh for this interview and if Usain Bolt starts his cycling career, you heard it here first. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably, well, he'd be what, suited for the track? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's you know, it's 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 easier to to, to downgrade a, a sprinter to an endurance guy than other way around. Other way around is actually not working. Yeah. So the, the, the fiber, fiber switch, type, yeah. muscle fibers, yes, it's, it's easier to go from the fast switch to the slower guys. So uh, this might work. And we also saw that in cycling. Uh, so, for example, if you think about in the 90s, uh, Laurent Jalabert, who won the uh, green jersey in the Tour de France, and then uh, if, I don't know, seven, eight years later, he won the polka dot jersey, uh, King of Mountains. So, um, so this is this can work. Yeah. So, Bjorn, now that we have uh, a bit of an understanding of what these two terms mean, how do we go about figuring out as an athlete, like, what do I want? You know, if I'm uh, most of our listeners, uh, let's say, are going to be triathletes, fewer are cyclists, a bunch are runners. So if we're talking about, you know, um, let's say a long course triathlete or, or kind of even a short course triathlete, what's the optimal mix? Do you want maximal VO2 max? Now we're not so sure based on what you said, because of efficiency really matters. Uh, what do we want to do with VLA? Yeah. max like what is how do we how do we try to manipulate these two variables to to get to uh something useful for us actually that's an own show again <laughs> we can talk about that <laughs> weeks and uh but but uh, this is this is um one of the the main things why i developed this system uh, to to help people to understand hmm. so um first of all you look where i am so what is my VO2 max? What is my VLAN max? And what what's my long-term goal, for example, in three years? Or what's my nearest goal in like, I don't yep. know, 12 weeks? So, and then you have to decide. Uh, first of all, I would always say, just get the VO2 max, high, high, high. Long base mm -hmm. training intervals, long base training intervals. So endurance training is simple. <laughs> You have it to just, do volume, and you have to go. Yeah, it just takes hard. a lot of time. Yep. But this is a, this. It's 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 it's. There's no fancy like um, crazy interval designs, and this is entertainment. <laughs> if you're riding at Swift, sorry to say that this is entertainment. Yeah. The real world is you have to train a lot. Yep. And sometimes hard. So, um, of course, if you don't have the time, you have to train more like an efficient way. 
but uh, first of all, train long, mm-hmm. train at fat max. Yeah, so this is a, 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 a where you use uh, actually the the, the most pyruvate, so the most lactate you you're using for uh, energy. So this is a quite a nice uh, way to to get a better endurance. And uh, we also uh, uh, calculate that in our test, so this mm-hmm. is a nice way. And um, I'll, I'll ask you, I'll ask you about fat like, max in a do, bit once we once we're talking about the actual testing. Yeah. 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 No. 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 No problem. And so, if you go, uh, yeah, uh, long distance uh, uh, triathlon, um, the Vila Max has to be low, yeah, and uh, but not too low. Yeah, um, especially if you have to like a long term of getting better. Mm. Yeah, I always would say um, because if you destroy your Vila Max, so destroy is maybe not the right term, but if you if it's too low for a long time, it's harder to get your VO two Max up. Mm. Yeah. So they are like yin and yang. Yeah, you you can't, or especially if you're higher trained, yeah, you can't have both both uh, the same way like one up and one down at the same time this is not going to work yeah you're always like one is going up and your vo2 max and your uh, vila max is also going up and then you have to lower it with clever Mm. training yeah so but always like keep it simple Uh, don't do crazy low carb training or whatever because i think this is uh, one of the the things that um yeah make people crazy yeah, uh, they can they get pretty easy in a kind of an overtrained state. Yeah, if you have like an Ironman triathlete uh, who's doing like I don't know fifteen hours a week, um, which is a lot, I think, for a normal yes. working guy. Uh, but they do that, and uh, they also do the running. Um, they try to get every like little trick to get like extra, and then they, they there's this trap about low carb. And low carb is um, <laughs> you're you're preaching you're preaching to the choir not, here. You're not going to offend me or or you know most of the people that I I agree with with by saying that low carb is definitely not yeah. the way to go for endurance athletics. I totally agree yeah. with that. Sometimes, sometimes it can it may help, but only like about a very mm-hmm. short time, very very specific. But you have to be very careful because it's always you always need to recover faster. You're getting getting sick easier and stuff like that. So sorry for that. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. My my question is about the the what you said about what you can't push up VO two max if you have too low a VLA max, and that, is that because you yeah. just can't train the intensity you need to train to push VO two max if your VLA max is very low? Is that is that part of the reason? Yes. Yeah. Actually, it, yeah. it is like that. Yeah, and you also have to train uh, in another way. If you have like a, vo- a low VLA max, um. If you look at the numbers, low Vila max means your threshold is closer to your VO2 max. Right, so right. you don't have to go like full throttle VO2 max intervals. They have to train in a different way to get their VO2 mm-hmm. max up. That's why we designed this 90% of okay. VO2 So max. it's more like slow component stuff, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the guy with a high Vila max, they can go crazy 40, 20, 30, 30 and stuff like that. And it doesn't interest them. Uh-huh. So it's hard, but they can do right. that. So, and uh, for, if I have an athlete, like an average athlete, like 60 or 56 VO2 max. That's me. 60, yeah. <laughs> 60 maybe. Yeah. 
yeah and then like a, a, a 0.35 that would be very efficient yeah so you can have a lot of fun at, at an ironman pegged me with you pegged me to the t that those are exactly my oh, numbers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but no. you're not a sprinter no you never. will never be so if you do a crit race on a bike you no. will like drop oh, I'm dead. yeah i can even on zwift yeah like when they when they <laughs> when they sprint like i yes. yeah I, I definitely can't i don't have a big sprint that's for sure and and this is this is this is the fun of developing the right uh, um, um, the the right mixture of VO2 max and and Vila max. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Yeah? And and try it and, and try it one straightforward. Uh, long distance you are like VO2 max okay high 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 but efficiency very good because we have uh, carb intake and stuff like that. So you have to be very efficient. Yeah. I just want to put a, put a really fine point on this for our listeners, because you did mention it earlier, Bjorn, but I want to like, kind of nail it down. The reason you don't want a very high VLA max as a very long course, steady state kind of athlete is because, you know, you're, you're Usain Bolt who's eating all the, all the energy bars, right. To, to, to keep using that analogy yes. and you eventually run out of yes. fuel in a, in a long course race. And that's a, that's a very yes. bad way to end that race. And, We've probably mostly, most of us have probably been there at some point in time or another. I know the, the two of us in this in this interview have definitely been there. So you don't want a monster <laughs> yeah. glycolytic engine. You don't want that Usain Bolt if you're a long course triathlete because you will run out of glycogen no matter how much you're consuming. Especially if you're yes. a stronger athlete, yeah, right? Like if you're, right. you look, if your FTP is like 150 yeah. watts, then you're probably okay. But if your FTP is like 300 watts or 350 watts, you're going to be burning a lot of it with a very high VLA max. Um, that's that's going to end up hurting you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's easy. Yeah, do the you can calculate the uh, kilojoules, and uh, the, at hundred uh, percent threshold, you have like uh, it's like hundred percent counts yeah. uh, nearly. So let's talk about the testing because we we we've talked quite a bit about what these mm-hmm. numbers uh, mean and and how they're useful or important to endurance athletes. But what is it uh, that your you know your work has led to uh, specifically in the you know in the Aerotune uh, application? How do folks uh, go about testing their values, and then we'll talk about afterwards. You know what we can do with them. So um, yeah, it's it's very easy, uh, and that this was always the idea um, because very easy means uh, less work for us, and uh, uh, producing um, or a product this is which is cheap. Yeah, so this is the idea because. Um, we want to give people the opportunity to test themselves in a kind of cheap way uh, or a not too expensive way. Uh, it's like, I don't know, I think 25 euros or 30 euros for a test and you can test a month. Relatively speaking, yes, very inexpensive. Yes. <laughs> so uh, what you do is like you do a test. You do two tests. Uh, on two days, you do three okay. tests. Uh, it's like a little sprint, a four-minute and 20-minute test. So we use these kind of tests because a lot of people know it and they know how to perform that. Mm-hmm. So and then you upload that. And then that's it. A second later, you have all your values. Oh, amazing. And so they this- Very I, simple. <laughs> very simple. I saw on your website, this can be done both outdoors, as you mentioned, but also yes. I- inside on a trainer. Yes, yes. Okay. Outdoors and indoors. So I think now they people are doing it uh, more outdoors. And um, mm-hmm. I think outdoors is nice to do because it's, you know you're- It's nice to do. But if you live in a major city like me, doing a 20-minute TT yes. is not possible. Like I'd have to go pretty yes. far out of where I am in order to do a 20- Yes. Like, to be guaranteed yes. that I can do 20 minutes steady without be hitting a light, uh, that's that's yeah. not easy for me currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually it. Uh, you, you don't have to do any more. And it's all done uh, 
Yeah, instantly. Okay. Just push the button. So why we did why did we do that? Yes, please. So um, because uh, <laughs> um, first of all, uh, you don't want to. It's it's the the price uh, we take is because it's automatic. So you don't have a coach mm-hmm. sitting there and just typing in the values yeah. and looking and maybe doing like oh maybe he could be a little bit better here <laughs> and a little bit better here because yeah. I know how the business works. And I often get a lot of test setters like he wants that the the athlete has like the uh, 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 the the idea that he's he got better, but actually nothing happened. So the training was bad, and then you have discussion. So it's like um, that's how it is, straightforward. So these are your values. But um, as we know, testing is not always easy. So we said, okay, let's give um, the rider. Um, uh, the opportunity to test for a month. yeah, It's all included. So test as much as you want because suddenly there's a car in front of you or a turn mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, your shifting is not working or you messed up the pacing, all these kind of things, especially with uh, inexperienced riders. We just said, just do it. And then after, uh, I don't know, a few test rides, you just know how it works. Mm-hmm. So that's how, it, that's how we do it. And then, of course, we also have like for coaches, which is even cheaper. And you have like more options to put in some things like oxygen uptake, milliliter oxygen up per per watt, if you know these numbers, resting oxygen, all these kind of fancy things. And um, yeah, so uh, this is uh, this is how it works. Pretty simple. Uh, I noticed too that there's a, a a body composition component to uh, yes. to the measurement, and uh, we when we had uh, way back when um, when we had Sebastian Weber of Inside on the yeah. show, we we talked a little bit about this. So uh, tell us how important it is to know body composition. So obviously you need to know athlete weight, uh, but how how important is it to know body composition and why it matters? Yeah. So. Um we need the fat-free mass. Is, it's quite important. Mm-hmm. Well, or, yeah, it is important. Yeah, but it doesn't has to be like one percent or two percent. It's like it's like twenty percent or it's like ten percent. Right. Uh, right. So, and uh, we also need to know is like male or female, and and uh, then we do like calculations about uh, depending on your VLA max, VO two max, uh, man or female, how much um, glycogen do you store in your muscle fibers, how much mm-hmm. in your liver, mm-hmm. because this is also different. Yeah. If you're not not a highly trained athlete, you're actually using more uh, or faster your liver glycogen stuff like that. So um, this is uh, this is why we take the, these numbers. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So there's a lot of science behind that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then once <laughs> once you do this test, you get your what 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 do you get? You know, obviously you get your VO two max, your VLA max. What else does the platform provide in terms of either either uh, metrics or training guidance? Yes. So um, you also get your critical power your fat max, um, your maximal lactate steady state. And then uh, we have like something, um, it's like a chart. It shows you like a time to exhaustion mm-hmm. um, de- depending on your carb use. Yeah? And it's like a theoretical thing, but it gives you like, it shows you, okay, your critical power is not like one hour and you can go. It's like 48 minutes. Hmm. So because then your uh, carb uptake is uh, quite high and you use I don't know, you still, you only have like 70 millimoles left and then you performance decrease and stuff like that. And then we put something in that says, okay, if you take more, your power is, uh, you can sustain longer. Mm-hmm. So this is one thing. And then um, you have like different training zones, um, like uh, your, your zone one, zone two, 
um, a fat max, uh, like in English it's called tempo, mm-hmm. um, maximal lactate, steady state, critical power, VO2 max 90, VO2 max. So these are the, the zones we give. Mm-hmm. And it's not like based on one number. It's not like, okay, now you have your FTP and we just like percentage out of that. It's actually, we have the VO2 max and then we have uh, 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 the fat max. And the, with these kind of two components, we calculate the, the, uh, the, the, the zones, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, as you know, uh, with a high uh, uh, with a high Vila max, uh, uh, your VO two max is uh, maybe is is more or far away from your threshold. Yep. So and if you if you and so we we try to to give the people the right training zones because this can be very messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you work with an FTP test, for example. And calculating all your numbers out of that, and you are very low in uh, Vila Max, you can be, uh, yeah, overtrained, undertrained, whatever. So sure. we try to give the best fit. Yeah. No, uh, that makes sense. Um, when we spoke, uh, when we did our, uh, our last call, you mentioned mm-hmm. being able to um, predict or, or prescribe rather. Uh, total training volume based on some of these parameters. Yes. So, yes. Uh, one of the so listeners, one of the biggest things, obviously, in uh, in endurance training, is the risk of of doing too much. Um, and uh, and Bjorn was telling us about how you can figure out how much how much uh, energy expenditure your body can handle based on some of these parameters. So that's what I want to ask him next. Yeah, um, uh, this is. Um Actually, with this number, with this number, I work a lot, a lot, especially in professional cycling, and it fits very well. Okay. So and um, um, so actually, you have to look. You have to go back in time uh, and uh, look what are the origins of growth and stuff like that. So and uh, you end up in the nineteen uh, eighties, uh, no, uh, eighteen. 1800 something. Uh, uh, Wilhelm Rusch was one of the first guy who described like growth and stuff like that. And, um, so actually you need like, um, you need kind of a stress yep. to promote growth. So that's actually the basic thing. Yeah. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Sure. That's but the whole point much, of training, right? Yes, that's how it is. But how much is Do you have to be like, always like nearly killing yourself? <laughs> this is not training yeah? because like if you were in a rower, in a, I think it's called galley sleeve, yeah, it's like rowing in a, in a Roman Empire and you have to oh, row galley slave. the yes. boat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, galley slave, yeah, 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 galley slave. So actually, they have they did a lot of work. <laughs> were they the fittest people on earth? No, actually not. <laughs> they, <were> pre- <laughs> they nearly died. Yeah, so their nutrition and sleep actually, probably were not optimal. So... <laughs> You have to find the right amount of dose. So, and you can um, calculate that actually. And uh, this is based on some work from um, Alois Mahler, the professor, and, and mm-hmm. also uh, also all the calculations behind Vila and stuff like that. And uh, I think it was Mahler and Tech, also professor from Cologne. Um, so they have like a th- theoretical uh, basis. Is like you have like the maximum VO2 max you can use like in 24 hours mm. and take a fraction out of that calculating you have like an equivalent to kilojoules and this is mm-hmm. uh, the amount of energy you can use and then you can recalculate the protein uh, 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 re- uh, synthesis and see um, how fast you recover so hmm. this fits this works very good in base training so about if you do like kind of polarized approach yep. it's very nice to calculate 
you never fell into pits. And it's also very nice to recalculate things because I, I often like um, getting training plans from professional athletes and do the recalculations. And um, there are a lot of people like overtrained. Hmm. They do too much yeah? because, um, yeah, it's like what doesn't kill you. <laughs> Especially if you're a pro and, and you have the time to train and you're, you know, you're pushing, you know, you're trying to get those last one or 2%, then, then yeah, yes. then, then training volume is often where, where people go. Uh, and yeah, you see training yeah. plans that are very long. Yes. Uh, and I think there's a general mentality of more is better. So if you can do 40 hours instead of 30 hours, then yes. why wouldn't that be better for <laughs> yeah, you? But I work with a uh, very good um, rider, um, uh, several work, uh, I think three times world champion. He was doing huge amount of volume. Uh, uh -huh. It was quite interesting to see because he always f f had like the need to do more and more and more at a certain point the thing flipped and he was not getting better. He was always like getting like one or 2% uh, lost. Uh, he lost one or 2% of his uh, like uh, VO2 max and stuff like that. Hmm. So he was actually not getting better. He was like in a little overtrained state. And this is what we see a lot in, uh, um, in uh, professional athletes. They do too much. Huh. Not don't, don't, don't rest. They, they don't rest enough. Huh. Yeah? They're always like riding, riding, riding. Interesting. And is that something that uh, that the uh, that w your work with AeroTune is able to provide to athletes or is that more of a uh, bespoke service that you provide as a coach? No, no, no. You just see it on the platform. Okay. We give recommendations. So it's like at your VO2 max and your Vila max, you should do like, I don't know, 15 hours of base riding. Okay. So, oh, so is, that's the in... maximum, the maximum. And the minimum to hold your VO2 max is like, I don't know, 11 hours. Huh. But you always have to take into account that, like we are all humans. And if you work 40 hours yeah. a week, have two children, and your stress level is up here, yeah. you have to, of course, reduce. Yeah? And th then there are some other things you can help, uh, use for help, like uh, HIV, yeah? for example, HIV for training. Yep. It's a nice tool. Mm -hmm. You can see, okay, um, I don't feel so good, so I take it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, so tying this back to the conversation that we had with Sebastian yesterday, uh, one of the things that we talked about at the end of our chat was how how interesting it is to look at bike position and changes to bike position yes. that in his context mm -hmm. affect aerodynamic drag, which of course is very important, especially to triathletes and time trialists. And then yes. uh, how that affects these metabolic parameters and uh, if there are any smart decisions that we can make knowing both aero uh, numbers and metabolic numbers. What has your work shown so far? So um, the, 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 the idea we, we have, and this is what we talked about three years ago, only just for fun, is how cool would it be if you, you, you're riding your aerodynamic position and you're knowing your numbers, you, 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 you did your test in an aerodynamic position so we can calculate all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then say, okay, now you're using this amount of carbs during the ride. And what about if you know the course? Because we already have a lot of courses in the platform. That's right. Um, all the triathlon courses. And you just, you have the wind uh, for the next day and calculate the humidity and stuff like that. And we can give like the, the best a power output you should ride in uh, different sections on the course. 
And now this, this is based on cool. both aerodynamics and metabolic data, right? Yes. This is like best yes. bike split on steroids, yes. basically. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it's a, so we already did that, <laughs> of course, <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. Um, it, it, it took uh, the computer quite a while to, <laughs> to calculate that as you came in. Yeah, I believe it. it. I don't know. It was, it was a, a long time. And so all the math behind that is uh, uh, Sebastian is doing is uh, pretty cool in these things. So and this is the idea and also like something like, okay, you're using 60 grams of carbs now, try to maintain that speed and also giving like how much carbs are you, you are using now during the ride. This is also an idea to, to, to do. So actually this is possible. That's, Why not? That's super we cool. We already have that. Yeah. So, so listeners, just to, uh, you know, uh, to explain it a little bit in greater detail is, uh, if you you know the elevation and you know the the temperature conditions, as Bjorn said, of a of a specific course, um, and you know what the uh, what the what your metabolic profile is like after doing this test, and you know what your aerodynamic profile is do is like after doing the aerodynamic testing, you can plug all those variables in and get a fairly accurate best case scenario for uh, for a ride. And it's, this is especially relevant in long course triathlon, right? Where you're concerned not only about your performance on the bike, of course, but also how well you can run. So then you can you can make some estimates about what sort of, you know, how much glycogen do you want for the run? Like how much how much is it going to cost you? And it, and you can play around with this stuff too. And you can you can see from year to year or race to race, like, well, this time I had uh, I had these kind of reserves and my run felt great. And then this time I had these kind of reserves and my run felt lousy. Uh, what sort of decisions and what sort of, um, you know, what sort of conclusions can I draw from that kind of information? Yeah, which is, is super cool. I yeah. mean, for for the engineers amongst among us and the, and the nerds, I mean, this is like being able to to engineer a race like that. Obviously, with a bit of sensitivity, but uh, is yeah. is a very very exciting process. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's great because especially in in, in triathlon and uh, especially in, or in TTs, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah? Mm. You have your power output, you have your numbers, and you can do that. It's getting very complicated if you do road racing mm, or yeah. mountain biking uh, because um, then you have like the vo2 max has to fit the vela max and you have to work around that and i had this little study with uh, some pro continental riders a, a team and i tested them uh, 10 guys and i said okay uh, in in three months you have the spring classics you have to be in shape mm -hmm. so your vo2 max has to be that and your vela max should look like that mm -hmm. And I gave that to the coaches <laughs> and that was quite fun because um, even if they are, even if they are high level coaches, some of them didn't get the term right. So they, they, they only look at the VO2 max and the, 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 the threshold. Mm -hmm. So on, of course, if you look, put all these numbers uh, on a sheet, you see, okay, everyone has like a little rise in VO2 max, sometimes more, sometimes more. And everyone just getting a little bit of uh, uh, gain at, at FTP, so to say. Okay. Yeah. But if you look at the at the uh, Vila mix, there you see the big difference. And there some 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 messed it really up. Some were really too low. They didn't survive one attack. Hmm. Some are really too high. So they just they explode after two minutes they when their lactate is like Yes. Yeah. So and this is always what I'm this is actually the complicated thing to design the right training mm -hmm. we give ideas and in the, in the future we will also show okay maybe this is the best interval for you and this kind of a you can take different kind of approaches and training uh, like periodization uh, block training uh, uh, um, polarized stuff because everything works 
everything works, but you only need the, 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 the right timing. There's no magic bullet. Mm -hmm. Every training works. Yeah. So to do something. To every, every, the, yeah, every intervention does something. You just want to be doing yes, the right kind yes. of something. Yes, yeah. yes. And the, the, the weaker the athlete is, actually, this is my opinion, you can do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everything works. Everything, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's quite fun. Yeah. It's, if you're a high-level uh, athlete, you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. yeah. But... Um, no, I totally agree. So the, I want I want to I want to tease out this little bit that you said about, um, and maybe this is a future uh, a future feature, but how knowing these values uh, VLA max VO two max can help you design uh, training. So there's two you know there's two things we can talk about. Well, there's lots of things, but specifically the two big blocks I want to ask you about is uh, season long training, like what sort of you know periodization yes. you want to use if you if you can share some ideas, but also workout design, like what yes. sort of intervals um, are are best for what sort of folks. Or I mean, there's that's obviously a very long conversation. We can you can just <laughs> pick one one example if you like, or you can just say that you know uh, the, the platform does do some of this stuff. I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Because if I look at the training, if I look at the training, and uh, to be honest, no one has it. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, some people are doing a very good job. Look at the world tour, look at the teams, yeah. and you see, okay, this guy behind this team is doing an amazing job. So he really knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he he doesn't even use uh, the Villa Max. So he's actually having, he's doing it very good. Mm -hmm. So um, there are different kind of approaches and your approaches, and you also have to mix it up because if you do always do the same stress, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. So there was a, quite a nice study um, about uh, Olympic athletes, about the training, and if you look at the most successful uh, Olympic athletes, they changed their training like every four year, kind of completely. <laughs> they didn't do the same thing. So, and uh, if you want growth, you have to like change, not like crazy stuff, yeah. but. You can do, why not doing a reverse periodization one time? It works. Of course it works. In a, and why not doing like a big block of a, a zone one, zone two training? It works. Mm -hmm. Why not doing like short block training stuff? Yeah? For example, I personally use block training a lot like in the season mm -hmm. because in cycling, and I work, mainly work in cycling, uh, we have a lot of races. So, and um, mm, uh, you always have to, you have to peak several times a year. Yeah, that's always true. So you use a block training approach. Yeah. So and especially if you have a high level athlete with, for example, like seventy eight VO two max and um, six watts per kilo, something like that, mm -hmm. he needs a lot of stress. Uh, he needs a lot of stress to 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 get better uh, to to grow in some area. So and this is when block training works very good. Yeah. Uh, so, and, um, yeah, you have to be flexible and, uh, but, uh, nothing, uh, uh, you always need to do the, the, the long endurance boring stuff. You don't come around that. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair point. So, but what about, um, you mentioned, uh, specific interval design based on, uh, on folks who yes. are, based on VLA max in relation to VO2 yes. max. Is that something you can talk about now or is that still a work in progress? No, no, just look at the website. You will already see that. No. Um, you get the numbers. And um, um, you will see that the fat, fat max at the low um, um, uh, low Vila max guy, is he has to ride at a pretty high speed and pretty high power output. So, I, for example, I have one guy in mind who has to ride nearly 300 watts at 70 kilos to be at fat max. 
Oh. This is pretty. That's yeah. pretty good. But this is, yeah, yeah this is the level yeah. of how 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 well developed these uh, uh, bodies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And um, so to get a certain amount of growth, they have to go like uh, not too much because they still lose, uh, they use a lot of carbohydrates also during fat max. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And um, if you are high Vila max, and you want to 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 develop a, a, a higher VO two max base training, easy base training, yeah, and uh, high VO two max work, 40, 20, 30, 30, mm. a high amount of that, yeah. So this will work. If you have like a vo- low VLA max, or other way around, we still stay with the guy with the high VLA max. If you want to lower that, mm-hmm. just do like this this uh, um, um, Tempo stuff. Yeah. Low cadence. High torque. Yeah. High torque. Low cadence. Yeah. High torque. Maybe a little bit less carbohydrates. Hmm. Not too little, but little. Yeah. Uh, a little less. And uh, uh, um, stuff like that. This will work. Hmm. Yeah. And um, the other way around, the guy was a, a low Vila Max and you want to raise your uh, VO2 Max, he still has to do a lot of um, um, uh, endurance rides. But why not doing um, strength training? Yeah. I had one guy with a very low VLMX, 0, 0. 0.2. Oh, that's quite low. And yeah, it was very low. But he still has six watts at threshold. So, but his VO2 max, I don't know, 70 something. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, he was pretty efficient, but there was a spring classics yeah. and he has to be, he must be able to. So, what we, did we do? We started with strength training. Hypertrophy training. Mm. Yeah. So this was fun mm. because I also sent him running. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, Oh, Bjorn, I'm very sorry, but I got sore muscles. I said, yeah, What? In your legs or what? No, no, in my arms. <laughs> Makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. And not, not, not from the strength training. Yeah. This was fun in running. Yeah. So this was quite fun. So we did like a hypertrophy training. This works with guys if you want to raise your Vila Max to be able to, for example, racing have like a little bit more punch. Mm-hmm. Or raising your VO2 max. Yeah. So um, if you look at the website, it provides you ideas hmm. yeah, and gives you the maximum and minimum. You will see, especially in the uh, the VO2 max work, you will see, okay, I, if I have a low VLA max, I shouldn't do crazy VO2 max work. I should do like 90% stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or going, for example, a very nice interval is what I like. It's like going hard for two minutes, like at VO2 max having a little rest, 30 seconds, and then go at maximum lactate steady state for, hmm. I don't know, six, seven, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Because lactate is like a signaling um, a molecule and uh, uh, you will you will elect uh, the VO2 max. Yeah? So this is, it works like you, you don't, it's not like obviously you're putting out the power and this is, uh, now you're riding VO2 max, now you're no, riding yeah, threshold. You have to look, and this is, this yeah and you have to look at the lactate level for example and this is what actually the system is also doing it's based on the lactate we can also for example say okay now we we can also use the lactate measurement Mm -hmm. we don't do that because um, we want to make it as easy as possible right and i'm not a big fan of this little handheld things (laughs) and um if you want this is my opinion yeah yeah Yeah, you mean the the, the portable uh, lactate analyzers yes if if you want to do Good measurements. You you need a big EKF thing 
and then you have like the right values huh. and then the calculation works this is only my opinion okay. yeah? yeah this is uh, <laughs> a bit mixed up i'm sorry that there is no straightforward no i i don't the i don't expect you... for straightforward answers yes. Bern. i uh, i yes. always the i always ask thing... the questions cuz i'm greedy but uh, yes. i'm uh, i'm contented with what we have i mean if there was yes. a, if there was a straightforward answer then we'd all be using it and we'd all be as fit as humanly possible yeah. in our own context yeah. yes if you do the the long endurance rides and not doing too much yeah. this is 90% of everything the rest is only the the icing i happen to agree i happen to agree yeah i think yes. a lot of the like the evidence that i that i see that i kind of buy into that 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 definitely supports that that take on it yeah yeah very cool. Well, thank you so much. This was uh, this is a super interesting chat, and it's such a it's such a lovely compliment to um, to the one we had with Sebastian last week. These are kind of the uh, you know my my two passions: <laughs> metabolic training and, and aerodynamics. So I've I've been a very happy uh, interviewer in the last uh, the last couple of episodes. <laughs> so, listeners, if you want to check this out, try it for yourself. Um, so, so uh, Bjorn, this was in beta last time I checked, but it's is it available? Yes. Is it rolled out? You can you can use it on the website on the platform. Yes, we stopped with the beta, but um, it, of course you can do it. It's very cheap. Yeah, and uh, just uh, and look at the descriptions and everything. You you get an idea how it works, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, it's uh, you don't lose money. <laughs> no, this is so. This is a. Uh, this is our our punk rock roots to be uh, nice guys. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I mean, uh, yeah, I said the same thing to, uh, like I said to Sebastian. I keep going back to that interview, but I I love how democratized it's become. How it's how it's become, you know, fairly inexpensive to do. In his case, it was aero testing. In this case, it's it's pretty high level metabolic testing, um, because yeah. that's something that you know that means that everyone who is in the sport um, who has access to these tools that are that are very, very advanced. And that's, that always makes me, that, that makes me very happy. So thank you again, sir, for, uh, for taking the time and listeners. Thank you for, uh, for hanging out with us. If you have any questions for us, do send them our way. And of course, uh, if you like the show, give us a rating and, and or a re- review on uh, Apple podcasts or wherever it is that you get your shows. Thanks everyone. Yeah, I still, I still remember my, my like my moment like that was we saw Daft Punk, yes. um, maybe in two thousand two or something. Yeah. They came to Toronto, and that was that show was mind blowing yeah. because at the time they were doing stuff that nobody else yes. was doing, and it was just like wow yeah. from a from a show perspective. Yeah, that that's I still have very fond memories yeah. of that one. <laughs> we can also talk about music. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I I know I know much less, but um, 